Ashley Brock Reed. I am Palmer's book, Connell, Connell Chapter 8, and it'll be the last chapter for today. Life got more complicated very quickly. Brandon came to see Peppy the next morning, a little hesitant because she was still technically married to Cece. Brandon didn't quite understand what was going on. Peppy had told him that the marriage was a mistake, but Cece was glaring daggers at him from across the living room coffee table. He felt like a buck under the sights of a marksman. I, uh, thought we might take a movie tomorrow night. That is, that is, if Cece doesn't mind, Brandon headed quickly. Peppy hadn't seen Cece until Brandon showed up, but her here he sat, self-appointed chaperone, and the way he was watching Brandon made her nervous. Cece leaned back in his chair and smoked a cigarette with arrogant self-confidence. Peppy is my wife, he told the younger man. I don't think married ladies should date other men. Just a little quirk of mine. He added with faintly dangerous eyes. Brandon's eyes went. I thought, Peppy said, he faltered, glancing at her, finding no hope, that it was all mistaken. It might have started that way, Cece replied, but, Pip, but Peppy and I are determined to make the most of our unfortunate situation, aren't we, Penelope? She looked at him uncertainly. She hadn't felt like herself since the day before when Cece had kissed her with such passion. He was backing her into a corner and she couldn't see the way out. Now look here, Cece, she began. He's my early colonel. Sweetheart, remember? Her memory comes and goes, poor little squirt. He's over it. It does not, she raged up. I never forget anything. Just a few minutes ago, you forgot you were married. He shrugged. Can't blame a man for worrying when his own wife forgets her own wedding. Peppy fumed while Brandon shifted uncomfortably in the chair. It looked as if he was worlds, worlds from coming down around his ears. If his world was coming down around his ears. I wanted to have another look at those two heifers with parasites, he told C.C., changing the subject. How are those calves that were treated for sores? They're better, the old man replied. But I'd feel easier if, if we had more time to watch them. We've had a lot of sick cattle. I don't like it. Might not hurt to check the grays, Brandon suggested. They may be getting into something toxic. I had the same idea, C.C. nodded. I'm going to have those tanks checked today, too. There may be something leaching into the water supply. Just thank God, you're lucky stars we aren't near the Garoppio Mountains, where all that salt flats are, Brandon murmured dryly. I do, every day, CC got to. I'll walk you out, we've got company coming today, so I don't have a lot of time to spare. I'll let Darby go with you to see about the calves. Peppy didn't like the expression on his face, she jumped up. I'll go too, CC lifted an eyebrow, but he didn't say anything. Peppy went out behind Brandon, who was looking more than a little flustered. They walked toward the barn where Darby, the wizened little wrangler, was working. Cece left Brandon with him and came back to where Peppy was waiting and watching. Took her arm and led her around the corner of the house, where his Ford sat by the deserted bunkhouse a few hundred yards from the, bank, the back barn. Where are we going, she asked. To the airport to meet my brothers. Have you forgotten? He asked conversationally. Yes, I guess I had, she said. But I didn't know I was going with you to get them, she added meaningfully. I'm not properly dressed. You look fine to me, he murmured, his eyes approving the long denim skirt she was wearing with her high-top moccasins and a pull-knit blouse. I like your hair down like that. Does it really matter how I wear it, she asked coolly. After all, it won't make me any less fat. His breast stilled, and he caught her hand and turned her toward him, his black eyes quiet and steady on her face. I regret saying that most of all, he told her, because you please me exactly 
the way you are. I wanted to hurt you. He looked down at her small hand in his. God help me. I said things I never meant to. It was a shock. And not a very pleasant one at the time. I didn't know the circumstances. If that's any excuse. I don't expect you to get over it very soon. But maybe the wo maybe the wounds will heal in time. I have to have hope. I have to hope so, Peppy. Her pale brown eyes fell to his thin sensuous mouth and lifted again to meet his eyes. We were friends, he began. I wish we could be again. Do you? He moved a little closer, his expression as much as threat as his taunted body. After yesterday, I doubt either of us is going to be able to settle for just friendship. His eyes fell to her soft mouth. I want you. She moved back to step, her face marrying her and said, You want... Edie, too, he probed. In the same way you wanted how? He probed suspiciously. Some suitor rushing out the door without you. I'd have laid my head open with a stick and taken you off the safety if I'd been him. I'd like to see you lay your own head open with a stick, she muttered to him. That wasn't what I meant. He lifted his chin and with one eye narrow, he looked down at his nose. Did you want him, little one? He asked very softly. Let go of her hand. Lifted his knuckleless his knuckles down to her collarbone, showed it slowly over the fabric, the sound of it loud in the stillness of early morning, his eyes assessing her sudden collar, the rustle of her breath. See, see, she whispered uncertainly, but she didn't try to move one. It's all right, he said quietly. I'm your husband. She couldn't think, which was just as well. The back of his hand moved down even further, over the knit blouse to the swell of her breasts, back and forth with the lighted tenderness, till she felt as if her whole body was on fire. Her breath caught in her throat. She was burdened with need, as if he sensed her hunger, his forefinger bent, and he brushed it down to her nipple, making it go suddenly hard and exquisitely sensitive. She gasped audibly, saw the heat in her cheeks. And felt her faint shudder with a sense of shocking satisfaction. satisfaction. It was a lie, he said quickly. You haven't had how? You haven't had a man at all. <laughs> she couldn't deny it, but she couldn't move either. He was casting a spell over her. She loved the pleasure his touch was giving her. She was getting drunk on it. In fact, he glanced around them, frustrated and hungry to teach her more than his cursory lesson. But they were damn cowboys everywhere, coming out of the woodwork. And any minute, they were going to be heading for that back barn. His brothers were doing 30 minutes. He wanted to throw something. He looked back down at Peppy. His hard face showing new lines. This will have to do for now, he said huskily. He slid his free hand under hand under the thick fall of her hair. Lift her mouth. God, it hurts. He growled. She didn't understand. His mouth settled on hers in soft, teasy movements, and his hand went slowly under her breast to lift its soft weight while his thumb slid roughly over the top of Oh, she groaned against his mouth, but it wasn't pain that dragged the sound out of her. And he knew it. Open your mouth. He ground at her lips. She put her lips to his and lifted her arms around him, shivering, trying to get closer to that expert hand on her breast. But all at once, she moved back both hands to her hips and jerked. Her shocked explanation went into his mouth. He moved her thighs in a quick rotation against his roused body and then put her away from him. No, he said shortly. When she tried, dazed, to move back into his arm. Come on, he said, catching her arm to pull her along with him toward the car. His hand was rough on her soft flesh, but she hardly felt it. She was shaking all over. So was, so that was what it felt like to make love. She was sure there was a lot more to it, like having their clothes all out of the way. Her skin went hot, and she sighed huskily at the thought of Cece's lean, hard hands on her naked body. Miss experience, he bit off, glaring down. My God, why did you lie to me?
I thought it would make me less vulnerable, she said without thinking. His eyes started from her swollen parted lips back up to her sharply. You look less vulnerable, all right, he said mockingly. You needn't make fun of me, Cece, she whispered. I can't help the way you make me feel. He opened the passage door to the floor and stood against side of her. I'm not making fun of you, he replied. If you want the truth, it arouses me like hell to have you and have you cave in when I touch you. She looked up at him, her pale brown eyes curious and a little afraid. Seemed very daunting, worlds ahead of her experience. What you did to me, she asked hesitantly, trying not to stammer. Does it feel like that? In bed, his heart stopped beating, then it went wild, and his body strung him out. He searched her soft eyes in a silence and started with promise. Why don't you come to me tonight, and I'll show you, he asked quietly. Her eyes widened until the pupils seemed to blot out their color. You mean, sleep with you, she whispered. He nodded. The bunkhouse is empty now that we're through Roundup. You're my wife, he added, filling the words all the way to his nose. There's no shame in it, Peppy. He added when he saw her hesitation. It would only mean the consummation of her wedding vows. He lifted her hand, drew his palm hungrily to her lips. Until you sleep with me, he added hoarsely. We're not legally married. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I didn't. She faltered. The look in his eyes was melting her ankle. She could hardly stand up. It was hard to remember that he didn't love her. She had to try to keep that in mind. But it was difficult to keep anything in mind with his eyes piercing her like that. Afraid of it, he asked quietly. Yes, a little, she whispered. I'll be careful with you. He drew her hand to his chest, pressed it there, palm down, so that she could feel the powerful beating of his heart under his shirt. It will hurt, she muttered out. Maybe, he agreed. But you won't care? He searched his eyes curiously. You might find bruises on your hips tomorrow because I was rough with you on the way here. He replied, his voice deep and slow. I don't intend to be that rough. I didn't intend to be that rough, but you were fighting to get back into my arms and would afterward not get out of them. Her lips parted. She forgot the she forgot the steely bite of his fingers in her soft flesh. So it's like that, she whispered. Yes, it's like that. A fever that burns so wild and so high you can't even feel pain through it. His face hard. I'll make you so damn hungry for me that you won't care what I do to you. But what about Edie? She whispered painfully. He framed her face in his hands and bent to kiss her forehead with breathless tender. Edie was a pleasant and very innocent. Diversion. He whispered, sliding his cheek against hers, so that his breath was warm in her ear. I haven't slept with her. But you must have wanted to. She began again. He lifted his head and his dark eyes searched Peppy, I don't really understand why, but maybe the guilt made it difficult for me to deal with relationships. I haven't wanted sex since Marcia died. At least not until yesterday. You wanted me? She whispered with growing wonder. Oh, yes, I did, he said with undisguised hunger. I still do. More every day. His eyes slid down her body, and he drew her against him. His lean hands on her shoulder. Do you want to give me a baby? He asked. It was the first time anyone had asked her that. She felt her body burning with heat, and she knew her freckled freckles were standing out like crazy in her face. Now? She asked something. If you don't want to get pregnant, I'll have to, to do something to prevent it. He exclaimed gently. Oh, she heard her ass. Well, I, I don't know. Things were moving fast, almost too fast. She felt so haunted. Don't look like that, he said, his voice almost tender as he tipped her face up to his. You don't have to, if you don't want to. I'm in no hurry. 
We've got the rest of our lives. If you want to spend some time getting used to me first, that's all right. I'll never rush you. See, see, she said softly, smiling. You're a nice man. That's what I've been trying to tell you. It's just that I haven't quite tried to prove it yet. He added with a smile, full of self-mockery. And my name is Colonel. Yes, Colonel. She reached up hesitantly and paused, but he caught her fingers, drew them to his face, letting her trust his dark eyebrows, his straight nose, the hard curve of his thin mouth. We'll take it one day at a time, he sure so. No pressure. Thank you. He smiled and put her in the car, sliding in beside her with apparent good humor to start the engine. She fastened her seatbelt and studied his profile hungry. Connell, she asked. He glanced at her and lifted an eyebrow. Do you, I mean, is a child important to you? She asked quietly. He frowned. She made it seem as if he wanted her because she could bear him one. He wasn't certain what to say to reassure her. She said that. She wasn't in love with him, although she was clearly attracted to him. God knew he didn't want to frighten her off. Eventually, yes, he compromised. Don't you want children? Yes, I do, she said, asking me in his eyes. I want them very much. His chest began to swell. He hoped against hope that someday she'd want them because she loved him, but it would take time. He reminded himself he mustn't be impatient. He didn't say anything else. He nodded and turned his attention back to the road. The airport was crowded, and Peppy clung to Cece's lean hand on the way through the crush of people. Everybody decided to come on the same day, he mused, moving aside with her to let the embarked passengers get by. For a brief moment, they were alone in the corridor, chuckled and drew her along with him. His spurs making music, as the cowboys like to say. I've forgotten what spurs sounded like, she murmured. I forgot to take them off this morning, he recalled. Back in the old days, the Mexican spurs were so big that Farikas had to take them off just to walk, he replied. God knows how their mounts survived. You use spurs when you help break horses, she reminded him. He smiled down. Sure do. But you know we use special spurs that don't break the skin or injure the horse's hide. To a horse, it's like being tickled. That's why he jumps and sunfishes. Her hand felt very small and helpless in his. It wasn't a feeling she'd have liked with other men, but with Cece, it seemed very natural. She looked down, marking the size of her feet and his. He had big feet, too. They suited him because he was so tall. I don't have big feet. He remarked you accurate reading her mind. Did I say anything? She protested. You didn't have to. There they are. He said suddenly, looking over the crowd in front of them. Evan, Hardy, two men who looked very much like Cece, moved toward them. They weren't wearing working clothes, though. They were in suits. The taller man had on a pearl gray vested suit with a matching Stetson. He was huskily built, but certainly not overweight. He looked like a wrestler with dark eyes and dark hair and a complexion that was even darker than Cece's. The other man was only fractionally shorter, dressed in dark slacks with a white open-neck shirt with a sports jacket. He wore a black Stetson and a cocky angle over his equally black hair, and when he came closer, Peppy noticed that his eyes were a pale, glittering blue under thick black lashes. He had a leaner look than Evan in a wearier frame that was probably deceptive because he looked as fit as Cece. Cece greeted his brothers, and they drew them to where Peppy stood, waiting awkwardly, her uncertainty evident in her nervous face. Evan... Harding, this is my wife, Penelope. Cece introduced her, signed a casual but possessive arm around her shoulders. She looks just the way you described her. Harding murmured shyly, extending a lean hand, his pale blue eyes accessing her and gave me nothing away. You're a rancher's daughter, I gather. Penelope nodded. 
I grew up around horses and cattle, she said quietly as well nervously. Heifer and cattle, of course, yet I guess our stock will look pretty mangy to you, Bikers Harrison, with your purebred Santa Greets. Oh, we're not snobs, Hardy murmured. He stuck his hands deep in his pockets and glanced at Cece. Except when it comes to old man Red. <laughs> the foundation sire of our herd, Evan added. Extended a hand the size of a plate and shook Peppy's with firm gentleness. His dark eyes near him. You look threatened. No need. We're domesticated. And we're... And we've had our shots. Peppy's rigid stance relaxed since she laughed. Her whole face lighting up. Evan didn't smile, but his dark eyes did. She felt at home for the first time. Speak for yourself, Harding drawled, and his blue eyes were briefly cold. The day I get domesticated, you can bury me. Harding is a card-carrying bachelor, Evan mused. Look who's talking. Harding replied, not my fault. The women can't appreciate my superior good looks and charm. The eldest tremor shrugged, and they trampled me, trying to get to you. <laughs> Peppy laughed with pure delight. They were nothing like she imagined. Come on, you can fight out at the ranch. He said he took Peppy's arm. Pity you had to walk off with Penelope before she got a look at us. Evan said chicken his head. I'm a much better proposition, Peppy. I still have all my own teeth. That's true, Hardy Green. But only because you knocked out two of Connell's. Fair trade, Connell. I got three of his. It was a long, it was a long time ago, Evan said. We've all calmed down a little, a lot since then. Cece hasn't been very calm lately, Peppy murmured. I thought he was going to murder me when he found out we were married. Serves him right for getting drunk, Evan said quickly. Mother would lay a tie or so across his head for that. Oh, Peppy threatened to. Cece chuckled. Still teetoller, I see, Evan. He carries it to sickening extremes, Hardy murmured. Justin and Shelby, Ballinger... We'll never invite him to another dinner party. He actually got up from the table and carried the glass of wine the waiter accidentally poured back to the kitchen. See, burst out laughing. Well, Justin never was much of a drinker himself, as I recall. Not in Calhoun's league, anyway. Calhoun's gotten as bad as Evan Hardentold. He doesn't want to set a poor example for the kids, or so he says. Alcohol. Is a curse. Peppy <laughs> said as they reached the car. My father will love you. Peppy said, grinning up at him. When they got to the ranch, Ben seemed to take to Evan even before he knew about the elder's brother's temper temperament stance. But he was less relaxed with Harding. In fact, so was Peppy. The blue-eyed brother moved lazily and talked lazily, but Peppy sensed deep, dark currents in him. The men talked business while Peppy whipped up a quick lunch, but the brothers only stayed for two hours and had to catch a plane right back to Jacobsville. Peppy didn't ride with Cece to take them to the airport, though. She had to call... She had a call from her prospective employer just as they were going out the door, and she waved them on to take it. The insurance company's receptionist had decided that she did want her old job. They were very apologetic and promised to let Peppy know the minute they had another opening. She was disheartened, but it was probably just as well. We're going to get a bull, Ben Matthews was, but all but dancing as he told her that. One of the new crop of young bulls out of checker. Remember reading about him in the trade paper? He's one of the finest herd sires in years. And his protege costs plenty, I don't doubt, Peppy said. Cece's going to fund the addition I got her. He's a full partner, Ben reminded her. And we're all in this to make the ranch pay, aren't we? Yes, I guess we are. How do you like his brothers? Oh, heaven's a card. He's very obviously the financial brains of the outfit. Knows his figures. And Hardy? Yes, he sat down in his chair and crossed his legs. Hardy is a driven man. I don't know why. But he strikes me as a bad man to have for an enemy. 
He's charming, but underneath it, there's a darkness of a spirit. A deep kind of pain, Peppy nodded, and a terrible anger. Exactly. I hope you'll be doing much of... I hope we'll be doing most of our business with Evan. He's more like Cece. He's more like two of Cece, Peppy laughed. I wonder what the other brother looks like, the one who's married. Just like Cece and Evan, from what I gather. Harden's the odd one with those blue eyes. He doesn't really favor the others very much. Probably a throwback to another generation, like Aunt Maddie, who had dark hair parents and was a blonde. <laughs> no doubt. My job didn't come through, she said after a minute. They don't need me. Then why don't you do some bookkeeping and typing for the ranchman's ass? Connell said we're going to have to keep proper books now, and there'll be a lot of correspondence. He was going to hire somebody, but you're good typists, and you aren't bad with figures. We can keep it in the family. I guess I could, she said. I like typing. You can talk to Connell when he gets back. She cleaned up the kitchen and made an apple pie. By the time she took it out of the oven, Connell had returned. Did they get off all right? She asked him. Like clockwork. He paused by the counter where she was placing cloth over the pie. For supper? He asked hopefully. She smiled at him shyly. Yes. I like your brother, she said. They liked you too. Evan was particularly impressed. Evan is easier to get along with. Hardy? She hesitated. He's different. More different than you know, he said quietly. He moved closer, taking a strand of her hair in his fingers and twirling it around one. How about supper and a movie tonight? I have to get supper for Dad, she said hesitantly. We'll take him with us, she said. He joked. On a date? She looked around house. He'd love that. Besides, this is his checkers night with old man Dill down the road. Now, I'll fix him some something for him before we go. He won't mind. If you're sure, he sighed heavily much. Peppy, how would you feel about moving into a house with me? He had a frown. But, but. What about that? She asked. Consuela can cook and clean for him. She could go on salary, and there's a house, the Dobbs house. They moved back east last month, he reminded Your father was renting them the house. Small, but it would be just right for the two of us. Hope with so much at once. Things were happening with light speed, and her mind was whirling. You mean, live with you all the time? She phoned even at night? <laughs> That's the general idea, he replied. A wife's place is with her husband. He didn't want a wife, he said. With alarming repetition, yes, I know, he finished one. We try to understand that I've changed my mind. The marriage is no longer the terror it was for me. Well, yes, I'll try. But you didn't have much choice about ours, did you? He looked over. Not much, he agreed. But looking back, I wouldn't have wanted to marry anyone. Surely you realized that. You were pretty adamant about it, she nodded. I just wish we'd gone about things in the normal way. I've always feel that you were it always felt like you were trapped into a relationship you really didn't want. So were you, Hugh Platt. But the thing we have to do now is make the most of it. Annulment would disgrace us both, Peppy, especially father. Now that he and I are in partnership, the best way to commit cement it is to make the marriage a real one. Is it what you really want, Connell? she asked her. Of course it is, he said. She couldn't help feeling that he was only saying that to put her at ease. It would hurt his pride to get an annulment. People might think he wasn't enough of a man to fulfill his wedding vows. Two, he might still have in mind using her to ward off other contenders for his hand marriage. Could I have a little more time? She asked hesitantly. He stared down at her. After the afternoon, he thought she'd be immediately respective to his advances. Perhaps she'd had too much time to think, and she'd gotten cold feet. The last thing he could afford to do was to rush her. 
okay, he said, after, you can have a little more time, but you and I are going to start doing things together, Peppy. If we don't live together, we're at least going to start acting like married people in public. That's all right with me, she said. But afterwards, she worried about Edie. Had Connell told her about his marriage and was his relationship with Edie really as innocent as he said it was? End of chapter 8.